This is the NRL.com Fantasy Podcast. Welcome to the NRL Fantasy Podcast. Andrew Bryan, Don Brock and Chris Kennedy in the studio as always to get you through all the latest news relating to fantasy. It's the last buyers of the season, boys. And last week, the the less said about it, the better, because my team is in absolute crisis. I think I've given up on my overall dream. It was a bit ambitious, probably not the way I should have been playing, but my team's in crisis, so now I'm focusing on head-to-head. How'd you boys pull up after last week's buy round? Uh, I don't think you even looked at my score. It wasn't great. A lot of uh, outs, but, um, you know. That's all right. <laughs> even all the buy planning that people put in, and then Curtis Scott didn't play, and even Feeney got yeah. dropped, and it's just even the buy round guys from teams that were playing ended up getting pulled out, and it was a really, really tough round from start to finish. And, of course, Cam Munster also got picked in Origin, which we couldn't have seen happening, so all the buy round planning just went down the waste anyway. All right, you can catch us on Twitter at AndrewBryan321, at CKennedy80, and at Dom underscore Brock. We'll have all the team news. We'll answer your fantasy questions. Let's get into the show. All right, boys, the Warriors take on the Panthers in the first game, and the Warriors have named Isaac Luke and Solomon Okada to make their returns. Obviously, Nathaniel Roach and Nicole Klockstad uh, drop out, and Sam Lasoni replaces Albert Vette. Boys, what are we thinking about the Warriors? Obviously, they, they're looking to push for a final spot. Yeah, I think we, uh, we mentioned when Isaac Luke got injured that it was too short-term to be worth picking up Nat Roach, who has got injured himself, I think, with a hamstring strain anyway, so he was always going to drop out, so hopefully not too many jumped on him, even though he was scoring okay. Um, <clears throat> Warriors-wise, yeah, I, I can't see them making the finals. From a fantasy point of view, I guess Sean Johnson and Simon Mannering are probably the standouts. So I can't really see too much. And Bodine Thompson, though, has sort of bounced back and yeah. started putting in some decent scores. I'm, I'm not trying to put the mocker on Adrian McMurray. <laughs> sold him a couple of weeks ago, but Bodine's also probably of the three. Those three have all been scoring pretty well the last couple yeah, of weeks. Yeah, he's had a good, what, three or four weeks. Um, hard to know whether that's going to be the norm now for the rest of the season or if this is a you know little purple patch. Um, before that, he was scoring what, around 40, 45, so still a little bit risky compared with the um, other big guns like Mannering. Um, two of us, the has been doing pretty well at the back as well in the last few weeks. Kind of scores mid to high 40s, um, which is good, but it's, yeah, mostly usual suspects of the Warriors. Yeah, Rod- Roger's in a lot of teams. I've still got him. I've had him since the start of the year. I don't think he's been a buy at any point since round one, really, but he's sort of been a hold the whole time, and I had a really rough start with a Concussions, some minor injuries, yeah. and some some bad scores. He's sort of he's scoring a try almost every game at the moment. So, yeah, definitely a hold. But with guys like Teddy and Munster and Turbo and all these guys at the back, I don't think I'd be buying him still. All right, Manu Vadavai was named in Jersey Five as a ceremonial uh, touch to Vadavai, who's leaving the club. Uh, not fantasy relevant, obviously, but 256 appearances, 152 tries. That's a heck of an NRL career for, for the beast. He's been one of the, the Kiwis, just absolute best, um, at both club and international level for a long time. I think 10 plus tries a year for roughly 10 years running. I've got the stats in front of me, but it's it's a phenomenal achievement. He's been an amazing servant for, for the Warriors. And if you haven't really been watching them closely, you might not not realise how important he's been for New Zealand Rugby League, but he's been a superstar. And I guess for the Warriors, you were talking about your Sean Johnsons and that. They've renamed the stadium Manu Vadavai Stadium, so there's a bit of extra motivation for them, so they could be in for, for a big game. Uh, the Panthers, James Fisher-Harris returns. Uh, not a lot to talk about there other than Dylan Edwards had his worst game of the season fantasy-wise and still scored 36, uh, which is pretty encouraging. Uh, probably keeper territory for those who jumped on early and less of a cash cow, more of a keeper. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's been away for the last few weeks, I think. He just makes so many metres and tackle breaks. 
um, takes heaps of hit-ups for a, for a fullback. So, you know, really rock solid at the back. Yeah, that particular game wasn't very, uh, wasn't a great one for any of the outside backs from either team. Um, obviously, Manny was starved a ball, but even Penrith, it was such a, a grind that the, the backs weren't doing those big, you know, busting kick returns either. So, yeah, Edwards and Mansours and all that didn't really get their, you know, their, you know, get their momentum up. And Nathan Cleary sort of bounced back. I think he's had three scores over 60 in the last sort of five rounds. Obviously, the Panthers have made a bit of a surge, and that, that was their first win over a top eight side. Uh, so it was a big win for them for, for their season. There's still a bit of a gap to Parramatta in the eighth spot, but obviously they're building momentum, and if they can keep getting those results, and guys like Cleary are going to be scoring points. Yeah, Cleary has kind of been a bit of a yo-yo player the last few rounds. You know, big score, small score, big score, and that's probably going to be the way all the way through. He gets decent base stats with a lot of kick meters and goals. Um, you know, the odd tackle break, a few tackles. Uh, he does need attacking stats usually to get those big scores, but um, it can happen. They're a good attacking team, at least in theory. The Panthers, um, I mean, who knows what's going to happen for them for the run home. I mean, who knows in this game? Warriors v Panthers has got to be one of the most unpredictable you know, yeah, matchups in the comp. <laughs> wackiest game of the year last yeah. time they met up out at Penrith. Was it a 24-point comeback or something? 22 yeah, points, something just ridiculous. absurd. Yeah, what, I, I'm almost going to buy Nathan Cleary this week. I was going to, I'd want to wait till next week and get Mitch Pearce, but I've only got Sean Johnson and Cam Munster in the halves, so I'm looking very closely at a, a Cleary swap in this week. Talking about teams that should score well but sort of haven't been are the Raiders. They take on the Dragons. Josh Hodgson back at hooker. Baptiste goes back to the bench. Jordan Rapana is 513000 and set to lose a ton of cash this week. I think he needs to hit an 80, but then again, it's Rapana and he's been hitting big scores a lot this year, but the Raiders really need to put on a big score against the Dragons team who have a few players backing up from Origin. Yeah, if Rapana gets 80, it'll only be his fourth or fifth best score of the year, so he's certainly capable of doing it. Um, but yeah, on a, on a downward trend uh, in terms of his cash, I don't think I'll be jumping on him at the moment. I think he got, what, 20-something yeah. last week? So, And that can happen for any winger. Mansour, we saw for Penrith, got 20-odd as well. If a winger doesn't get in the game much, you know, they're not going to score that well. But, you know, someone like Rapana can get a bunch of tries. Certainly this week it could happen. And the, the one we get asked about a lot using the hashtag NRL Fantasy is uh, Kotrick and Leilua, both sort of in that range of keeper, sort of inconsistent, but you get that with that position. But out of those two, uh, put you on the spot, which one would you sort of look to look to keep? They've both done okay. Leilua's been disappointing, but has started putting out some 40s and scored a 50 Last time, so... Yeah, I'd, I'd probably go Leilua, I guess, just with experience. He's a centre, so he gets a bit more, you know, a few more tackles, a few more runs. I mean, Kotrick, he can always produce that big play, the big long-range tries done a few times this year with a lot of tackle breaks, so one big play is all he needs to get 40 mm. or 50. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I think if you've got Leilua, you probably paid a fair bit for him. If you've got Kotrick, you probably paid very little for him. Kotrick's also dual position, so I think he's, I've said this before, he's quite good as that third centre, fourth fullback guy who can swap up and down and come in for a week if you're missing someone, whereas Leilua, you probably want as one of your starting two centres, and if he's not, then it's probably, you're better off cashing him in. So the decision to make is, do you keep him? A lot of people have got a decision to make between him Haynes, Sione, Terrell Formano, um, Curtis Scott, all these sort of guys, you probably need two rather than four. So it's just deciding whether he's in, in that two or not. All right, for the Dragons, Tyson Frizzell not named to back up from Origin, obviously carrying that rib, and they're not sure how he's going to get through that. Dugan named, but in the reserve, so they're obviously waiting and seeing with Nightingale named at fullback. And Paul Vaughan, CK, Paul Vaughan named in the reserves, coming back from that injury, which hurt a lot of people during the, the buyer period. It, what do we know about 
Paul? Is he is he likely to play, or is it more just probably another week away? I haven't heard a fresh prognosis since the buy round, other than what, what we know about calves is that they're notoriously tricky and you don't want to come back too early because you're at risk of re-injuring them. Um, I have held him, so I could certainly use him back. I don't really see him playing this weekend, given the, the risk, um, although with Frizzell out, maybe they might be more inclined to rush him back. I wouldn't be counting on him playing, but yeah, fingers and toes all crossed. That he does. It's a pretty cautious team list, isn't it? With Frizzell definitely rested. Dugan, they're hinting at resting. Vaughn, you know, the same. Um, but it's getting... I mean, they're kind of... I don't know. Do we think they're safe at the top eight? Not quite. Their form's I think not they're the close. team that's in trouble. I think exactly. Eels, with their run home, should make yeah. a good run at the, at the finals and are starting to build nicely. I think Dragons are the one that everyone's sort of got. If one team's going to drop out and the, the chasing pack of Panthers, Warriors and those sort of teams, I think they're the one that everyone thinks might drop out. So this is a big game for yeah, them. Yeah, tricky game in Canberra. So they can't afford to you know take it lightly. So it's that balancing act of do you risk guys like Vaughan for the sake of you know getting a really crucial win. With Dugan on the bench, I think Paul McGregor has shown almost every origin that he will name Dugan and Frizzell and whoever it is in the reserves list and then bring them in if they're fit um, rather than what a lot of other clubs do, which is just name them to start and then if they're no good, pull them out later. All right, the Knights take on the Broncos and Dom, was that rock bottom last week at <laughs> Belmore, that last frantic five, six minutes? Uh, how that? How did Newcastle lose that game? Is that rock bottom? Like I remember yeah, we we're, like, were talking and you said actually... That was one of their better performances outside of the, the yeah, final. Yeah, I think rock minutes. bottom was the week before against the Tigers. So if you know, once you get a bit removed from the um, horror final few minutes, it was you know a step up from that. But um, mm. yeah, must have hurt. Poor Brock Lamb, a few uh, bad kicks at the end. Anyway, they'll uh, they'll they'll bounce back eventually. You can hear the pain in his voice. <laughs> okay, so Gagai has been named. Obviously, he's got to get through Origin, and he's could be tipped. Obviously, State of Origins tonight, depending on when you're listening to this. But uh, he's in the running for Player of the Series. He's been playing that well for Queensland, uh, starting to come okay in fantasy for for Newcastle as well. And Sione Mataldia uh, has a finger issue, but should be right to play. Yeah, they're not sure on Sione yet. Um, Nathan Brown yesterday was saying he wasn't, you know, 100%, but um, we'll see. You know, the late mail on Friday should help us either way there. Um, Dan Gagai's in really good form for club and state. Um, his last fantasy score was, I think, 80-something. Yeah, 84 or something. Yeah, yeah that's good. So he won't do that every week in a team that's going to come last, but, um, but yeah, he can... He can have big runs out of out of nowhere lots of tucker breaks so you know he's an option i don't know many people who have got him but he's one of those center fullback dual position left field options yeah i'm contemplating selling sony this week and though he's likely to play i did see a pick floating around on social media that was a bit of a stomach chat yeah, yeah, yeah of his finger yeah, looking a little bit uh like it was tape it up <laughs> so it might need a bit of attention so if he plays he's well, safe to say he's a tougher bloke than I am, so <laughs> all the best for Sione, but I think he could be on the chopping block from a fancy point of view. Can't imagine many tougher blokes in CK, but the Broncos... No, no, uh, <laughs> the Broncos' Jermaine Asako replaces David Mead. Uh, ben Hunt should be good to go. You think he's coming off the bench in origin, so unless something happens, you think he should be relatively okay to, to back up. Uh, obviously, you've got to watch out for players like Josh Maguire and Matt Gillett, who a lot of people have in fantasy, uh, and Anthony Melford named on an extended bench, but... Uh, he's still coming back. Yeah, well, they're going to try and manage this shoulder injury back rather than... He obviously needs an operation on it. They're going to try and manage him back onto the field and get him through the last sort of couple of, you know, two months or so of the season and and then send him for surgery. It sounds a little bit risky. I assume they're not going to do it if he obviously needs surgery anyway. So I don't know if he'd be quite 100% 
when he does come back. But um, yeah, you'd think Hunt will play either way. It's getting to that point of the season with injuries, isn't it, where players are putting off surgery. I think Michael Gordon's in the same boat where they're trying to get him back on the field without doing the surgery, uh, you know, just managing that as best you can. But at this time of the year, as we all know, play, there's no player at 100% because it's a, it's a long season. Uh, the Titans take on the Sharks. Uh, a lot of questions on Jared Wallace. Uh, they came, come in every week, people looking to sell him. Obviously, uh, getting through the long season, it's, it's great to have him as an option and come in for the buyers and things like that. But he averaging around the 50 mark, so that's usually keeper territory, but a lot of people looking to sell Jared Wallace. Yeah, um, he hasn't scored you know, really well for, for quite a while. He tends to score right on that 50 mark, high 40s, um, which, as you say, is really handy. In the front row, it's close to keeper territory. In the back row this year, there's a lot of really good scorers scoring high 50s, um, close to 60. So, yeah, it's a bit of a luxury trade, but if you've got trades to spare, he could be one to upgrade. Yeah, it's worth mentioning that some of these rules sort of get a bit more flexible later in the season. Yeah. So if it's, you know, round six or eight and you've started with Jared Wallace and he's getting 50 points a game, you know, you you keep him because it's not a problem. But when you're heading into this run home, if you've got trades in hand and you can use one trade to sell a 50 scorer for a 57 scorer, then it's it's an upgrade for the run home. So yeah, it's like you say, it's a luxury trade, but it's probably enough of an upgrade to be worth doing if you've got trades in hand. All right, for their opponents, the Sharks, uh, James Seguiaro, he's named in the reserve, so he's back on the team sheet, back with a chance of playing. Obviously, Farmano Brown is named at hooker. Uh, Paul Gallant's had his two lowest scores of the season, thanks to Andy Brown captaining him the last two weeks. Uh, and Fafita's named, but there's some talk that he might get rested. Obviously, the origin period takes it out of the players, and if you're in the top four and can can afford to rest these sort of guys that maybe it's something to watch the you know the hour before kickoff teams just it's it's, it's a possibility that some of these guys get rested yeah i think we, with gallon like he, he got an early shower against the roosters because they were up by so much um he's not dealing with the origin period this year so if it's anything close to a, a close game he's probably going to get his his usual minutes i'm not too worried about him for the run home he's looked pretty fresh all year with no rep duties so he should bounce back all right look Talking about bouncing back, uh, Manly really need to bounce back after a pretty lackluster performance against the Panthers. They take on the Tigers. Uh, Jake Tabrovich, his name, needs to get through Origin, obviously. And DCE, despite um, Manly's loss, and it was pretty lackluster, he still managed uh, 68 last week, so he keeps pumping out some decent scores after a slow start. I noticed his um, his run metres and tackle breaks were as high as they've been all year in that game the week after being snubbed by Queensland for Ben Hunt, apparently because of his running game. So... Made a bit of a statement. I didn't quite convert to a win, but um, it was his best fantasy score of the year. Um, you know, he's in that bracket of top halves as long as he keeps getting triasis every week, which has been happening so far. And to Powell's obviously the other one. He had a, a really poor score two weeks ago when everyone brought him in and then back to the mid to high 40s, I think. Last week in what we've already mentioned was a bit of a, a scrappy sort of grinding game. Yeah, Manly so. didn't do themselves any favour, gave away 14 penalties, I think, and they complained about it, but a lot of those were their own sort of fault as well. Mm. Well, th- th- I think there were three blatant offsides. Two of them were for back chat where the referee just had absolutely no ch- no choice but to penalise them. The Darcy Lussick one was just as clear-cut as you're going to get. So, yeah, the, maybe a couple of 50-50s they might not have got, but you're still talking it would have been a 10 or 11 to 4 penalty count, I think, so... 
and uh, Tom Turbo also scoring well, which is handy because a lot of people sort of jumped on him for the, the run home, 57 and 70 in his last two games and uh, always finds a way to the try line and he's a big, big body. He's bigger than Jake and he plays at fullback and manages to break a lot of tackles as well. Yeah, he's in really good form and um, yeah, this week against the Tigers, you know, attacking players like him and DCE and Tapao could all do quite well, you'd think. All right, and for the Tigers, I guess it's all about Tedesco. If he can back up from origin, um, there'll be a lot of people sweating on, on James. Yeah, well, I, I personally have him, and I'm looking at only 17-ish if he does play, so it'll actually affect how I trade this week, depending on whether he's likely to play or not. So fingers crossed his, uh, his ankle injury is uh, good enough to not only get through origin but not give him further troubles and he doesn't pick up any more head knocks, which has been an issue for him uh, probably pretty much all this year, even outside of origin, but certainly um, of late as well. All right, the Rabbitohs take on the Cowboys, and for South Sydney, they were really disappointing against an undermanned Roosters side. I think everyone sort of expected them to come out and win that game, and they were pretty disappointing. Uh, one-time cash option, uh, Robert Jennings is back replacing Braden Burns. Uh, probably a bit late to be jumping on cash cows now. Yeah, I don't know what his situation is. I had him in my team briefly at some point this year. Yeah, same. I remember. Yeah, um, that's all I have to say about Robert <laughs> Jennings. <laughs> Um, what else for this team? I mean, Crichton's I mean, you've still... got your Crichtons, your Burgesses, and your Adam Reynolds, who are all looking... Like, if you're looking for guns to bring in... Exactly, um, yeah. I mean, Crichton's the most expensive player in fantasy, and I think his lowest score has been 55 in since about round five. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, <laughs> he's awesome. He's very awesome. A um, bit disappointing that Crichton, Sam Burgess, and Tamalolo all play in the last game of the round because yeah. with a lot of us sort of running with about 17 players, it's a perfect week to start loopholing and all these players that you want to loophole are playing at the end. So I think I'm going to vice-captain Sean Johnson and then stick the C on maybe Tamalolo or Crichton. Talk about the Cowboys. Obviously, Tom Lolo is the, the option. He had a low score last last start, but uh, has been killing it in fantasy. And Michael Morgan, I guess, is the sneaky option. Uh, has scored 53 and 90 in the two weeks that Thurston hasn't been there. Obviously, had that breakout game uh, a week ago. and um, But he's probably a bit of a risk if you're looking to buy someone. There's probably better options there, but it's, they're promising scores uh, when he's yeah. taking the mantles from Thurston. I mean, he seems like a risk because he's never really been a fantasy gun before, so it's hard to kind of wrap your head around him suddenly becoming a fantasy gun with whatever, nine rounds to go in the season. But I don't know. If he keeps mm. producing scores, anything like that. I mean, the 90 was just an incredible performance for yep. him, so you kind of rule that out. He can't do that every week, but... Um, if he keeps hitting 50-plus, then, you know, he's a, he's a gun. Have we ever really had a look at him as the senior half running with, the team with, with Thurston, no Thurston out? Because when Thurston's out for a rep, usually Morgan's out for a rep mm. as well, certainly in the last couple of years. And Thurston hasn't missed, like, you know, he had a few games out with a calf at this, you know, earlier in the year. But in terms of this, you know, we've all talked about Morgan's now actually stepping up and, and running the team. Um, maybe this is what he's like when, yeah. when Thurston's not there long-term. Fair enough. And I guess uh, the teams with the buyer, the Bulldogs are still on the Eels and Roosters. So if you've got those players, make sure they're, they're not in your team. And there's a bit of news circling uh, this morning, uh, probably be official by the time this is out. But Jake Friend, there's a bit of a rumour that he's got a broken hand. And I know some people have been looking at him as a cheaper hooker option rather than going your, your Cam Smith, your McCulloch's. And because he's been scoring pretty well with obviously Mitchell Pearce out, but generally doesn't score massive 
makes a lot of tackles, but that's pretty much where he gets his stats when Mitch Pierce is back in the team. Yeah, when when Pierce is there and takes on all the you know the creative stuff and the kicking friend drops all those kick meters and some of those assists and he just goes back to being a tackling machine who is going to still score solidly in fifty points a game, but is far less appealing compared to your other you know obviously Cam Smith's the best, but even he, he's sort of a tier below I think McCulloch and McInnes when that happens. Um, haven't heard anything official on him being injured, but obviously they've got the buy this weekend anyway, so you're not going to be. Um, bring him into your team either way, and we'll certainly have confirmation uh, long before they take the field in round 20 either way. All right, let's get into your fantasy questions. Fan questions from the hashtag, yeah. All right, Eloquent Eel wants to know, she's looking at making a trade like Crichton to Jack DeBellin or Gallon. This is a bit surprising. Someone looking to cash out Crichton, who's been one of the absolute superstars, but I guess if you need the cash... Um, it's a risky, risky option, but you could make your squad stronger by, you know, upgrading two players for Crichton. Uh, is this week good timing or hold off a week and see what happens? First, do we like selling Crichton? I know I'm definitely keeping Crichton, but if they, if Eloquineo can upgrade two players and make the stro- stro- squad stronger, if I could, uh, easy for me to say, <laughs> um, what, yeah. what do we think? Look, if there's no other way to make cash if there's no one else to cash out and you've got a lot of trades left then maybe but generally i wouldn't be trading out the you know most expensive player in the game he's there for a reason score 121 in one week i don't think i'll be selling him like even if you're upgrading two 50 point players to 60 point players it's you're losing potential a lot of upside there all right john campbell wants to know is it okay to be down to just two trades and 90k in the bank uh that seems to be pretty precarious with the amount of football left is he worried that he hasn't spent the 90k yet. Is that his question? Uh, sure. I think that uh, if you've only got I mean, two trades left, you're going to need a little yeah. bit of kitty. At this, at this stage of the year, trades are more important than money, I think, because yeah. a big injury hits you know, in round 24. If you haven't got any trades, then you're in big trouble. So, yeah, hold those trades. It's not ideal, but, but having two mm. trades than no trades. Hold them purely for injuries that are in your uh, starting yep. 17 and only if, like, not even for like one or two-week injuries, I don't think, like only for long-term injuries. All right, NRL Made in China wants to know, is Bodine Thompson a player we can run home with? Also, is Marin an upgrade to Mannering given his inconsistencies? I, I think Mannering's probably a, a safe bet can, given uh, his tackle counts and involvement for the Warriors mm. versus what Marin's been producing this year. Yeah, I'm happy with Bodine for the run home um, as a you know a fourth sort of 2RF behind some of your, your absolute guns. Um, I've been stuck with Marin right since the preseason, and he's still sitting there in my team. He's had some great scores. He's had some poor scores. Um, Mannering is a guy who I kind of expected to tail off a bit this year, and it hasn't seemed to. If anything, he's got better. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think Marin to Mannering is a bit like the Jared Wallace to you know for Feeder or Vaughan. It's a it's a luxury trade, but it is an upgrade if you've got the trade spare for the run home. Are we sure Bowden Thompson isn't another Trent Marin, who had a very quiet first half of the year or start to the year? and then had a few good scores like Marin did, and then Marin's gone back to, what, mid-40s. Bernine's had a few injuries and a few concussions and a few head knocks, which has affected his scores a bit, but hasn't been producing the scores that I think most fantasy experts sort of expect him to to score across the season too. Yeah. His tries have been a bit down this year, but he can score a try running on that edge off Sean Johnson. Um, like we saw him go over early against uh, Manly over in Perth. He's uh, he's usually good for a few of those. There's no reason he can't get a few more on the run home. So yeah, I don't think I'd be buying him, like I said before, but happy to, as a, to hold him as a sort of sure. third or fourth tour for the run home. All right, Cashcroft98. Uh, who do I cash out? And it's something we sort of touched on at the top of the, state, uh, top of the show. Scott, Leilua or Fuamanu. He's trying to upgrade Elliot to Tapau. So he's looking for one of those three. A lot of 
players at the moment have those extra wing fullbacks and a sort of a bit of depth there and they're looking to cash out someone and they don't want to cash out the wrong option but it is a bit of a, a bit, yeah. bit of a gamble a bit tricky um, out of those three I'd probably keep Scott now first mm. um you know, he was a cash cow option. He looks like a keeper now with Chase Blair probably out for the season. Um, and he's been scoring, you know, great. He's been getting a lot of tries, which helps. Um, but Melbourne could keep feeding him tries for the rest of the season. Yeah, exactly. Um, out of the other two, I don't know. I mean, Fumono's, you know, a back rower, so he's a bit more consistent in terms of getting tackles, which helps. Leilua, you know, relies more on attacking stats, which will be up and down. Yeah, looks like Fulmano's sort of levelled out at a 50-minute-ish yeah. role, starting, then going off for rest, and then coming back. And he's basically a walk-up 35-ish every yeah. week, unless he gets some uh, out-of-the-box attacking stats. Whereas Leilua could get 21 week and 65 the next week. So I guess it just sort of depends how much you, your temperament can handle having <laughs> Leilua in your team. But um, yeah, oh, probably keep Leilua over Fulmano if it was a choice. Yeah, it's a, it's a big risk, but <laughs> you sort of flip a coin and... Maybe look at look at the draw, the run home, and if Canberra yeah, you know, can get some attacking stats and maybe lay lure. But I know which one I'd probably prefer. Uh, Alessandra Toloka, uh, do you guys think Sean Lane could potentially be a good backup option? Um, not one that we generally talk about. Obviously, uh, has an offload in his game and um, helps set up a couple of tries, um, but probably not getting through the stats that you need at this kind this time of the season. Plus. Uh, in the rotation as well, probably not going to get the minutes. No, other than one really good game for the Bulldogs in, I think, his second NRL game. Was that back in 2014 almost, or 2015, the back-to-Belmore game against Melbourne? Um, he's been pretty lacklustre since then, um, and probably only starting for a really short period with Lewis Brown due back shortly. Yeah. Um, I think Curtis Sirenen is a bit of a fantasy non-factor because he won't be back to about round 26, but with Lewis Brown back soon, I can't see. He's even got competition from guys like Jared Kennedy and potentially Kalepi Taganoa, um, depending how Manly go in the next few weeks, uh, and given that he's not a, a bargain basement price either, I'll be avoiding. Yeah, I think Lewis Brown's due back next week, so plenty yeah. can be gone by then. All right, Bazinga wants to know, Matt Danini on Twitter. Uh, Latrell Mitchell and Semi Dradra need to sell one this week and keep the other until the end. Which way should I go? Now, I need to put a disclaimer on this. He's coming 105th overall, so just choose your words carefully because he will come back to blame you if, <laughs> if you make the wrong decision because uh, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, again, it's a really tough one to split these two. I'd probably go Mitchell, I think, to keep. Uh, to keep out of ahead of Rodrigo, I don't know. I mean, Semi got a good score on the weekend. Um, he's been a keeper in the past in that season where he scored a million tries. I don't know. I mean, mm. what do we think is going to happen with the Roosters' fullback position? I th- That's I a key th- factor. I think Connor Watson will get it, um, and I suspect uh, Blake Ferguson will be next in line. So I think Latrell's going to keep a wing spot. Sorry, a centre spot. Either way. Um, obviously, you've got guys like Albo can go into the centres. Joe Minor can play centre and wing, but I think they're pretty happy with Latrell just where he is at the moment. He's uh, he had some positional issues when he was at fullback and some fitness issues. I think he's probably going to stay where he is. All right, Kiri Tunation wants to know our best pick out of these three for the run home: Mannering, JDB, Jack DeBellin, or Jake Turbo. Uh, probably only end up with one of them for fantasy. I think I have all three of those guys in my team. Uh, Tom, who would you like out of those three for the run home? Uh, again, you know, they're all good options. Probably Mannering, um, but, you know, can't really go wrong. Mannering's in great form at the moment. I mean, like the last question, you're sort of just splitting hairs and going with your gut. There's very little 
between them, just sort of, I guess, look at the um, the injury history, look at the run home, uh, look at the opponents and, and just go with your gut. All right, that's the end of the questions that we've got this week. Boys, if we missed anything, obviously State of Origin tonight. What, CK, what are you, what are you thinking? Uh, so we've got on record. So yeah. yeah, I was just saying off air, I'm sort of, I'm nervous because I think the Blues should win. Um, they probably should win handily given their dominance in the first three halves of the series and other than that late fade out. They know what the formula is. They went away from a formula, cost them a game. They just need to get that roll through the forwards. They've just got so much more firepower than Queensland. The, you know, they've lost Thurston again. They've got a debutante um, in the halves, starting as great a player as he is. It's uh, He's new to origin. All signs point and to... And no Darius Boyd as well. Yeah, and I, I mean, Darius Boyd wasn't a huge factor in the centres compared to what he's been able to do on the wing and at fullback in his origin career to date. But yeah, two debutantes in the 17... Um, and just the, the fastly more powerful forward pack for New South Wales. They really should get it done by probably more than two tries. But, yeah, if it's within a try <laughs> in the last one, cool. I like it. If it's within a try in the last 20 minutes, that's when, as per game two, you start to get nervous and the, the Cooper Cronks and Cameron Smiths find a way. Yeah. I've tipped uh, none from two in origin this year. So <laughs> as a Blues fan, I'll keep that going and tip Queensland to try to <laughs> give them the curse. Well, I'm with you, CK. I think if the game's within six points with 10 minutes to go, I'd want to be on Queensland because if you're a New South Wales fan, you've seen that scary movie time after time <laughs> and the, the experienced heads of Queensland just seem to find a way to get it done. They just will not panic right up until the 80th minute and Cam Smith will just pick you apart right up until the 80th minute. Uh, that's full time on the episode of the NRL Fantasy Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at AndrewBrown321, at Dom underscore Brock and at CKennedy80. Uh, enjoy State of Origin. Thank God that the buy rounds are gone after this one and we'll have a, a run home to the finals. So get your teams ready, get your best 17 on the park and enjoy round 19. For your chance at $350,000 in cash and prizes, head to fantasy.nrl.com and register your team today. You've been listening to the nrl.com fantasy podcast.